Hey, Keurig coffee drinkers. Did you know that the bold, smooth taste of Dunkin' cold coffee can be brewed in your Keurig coffee maker and enjoyed at home? Dunkin's cold K-cup pods were crafted to be brewed hot and enjoyed cold. And of course, they're packed with the Dunkin' flavor you crave. Brew over ice and sip in seconds. Because the home with Dunkin' is where you want to be. Good morning. Shock and sadness. The sudden death of actor and comedian Bob Saget at the age of 65. The star beloved for his role as the loving dad on Full House. You girls are the greatest. I must be the luckiest dad in the whole world. This morning, the questions that surround his passing and the touching tributes pouring in from his family, co-stars, and fans. Heartbreak, New York City's deadliest fire in 30 years. At least 19 people killed, dozens more injured, when a high-rise apartment building quickly filled with flames and smoke. I see kids crying for help and... At that point, we couldn't do anything. Just ahead, survivors telling their terrifying stories. And the focus of the investigation, a malfunctioning space heater. We're live at the scene. Understaffed and overwhelmed. Omicron fueling a critical worker shortage at hospitals nationwide. More schools making the tough decision to return to remote learning. But signs of optimism. Could the worst of the post-holiday surge be behind us? Bitter cold, millions waking up to freezing temperatures and wind chill warnings from the Midwest to New England. So just how cold will it get and how long will it last? Al's got the answers. Those stories plus breaking overnight, Breakpoint. Novak Djokovic gets a reprieve from an Australian judge permitted to enter the country. But will he be allowed to compete unvaccinated in the Australian Open? The latest twist in the saga straight ahead. And fantastic finish, an overtime thriller to end the NFL regular season. The Raiders defeating the Chargers to reach the playoffs and keep L.A. out. As millions of college fans get set for tonight's national championship game, today, Monday, January 10th, 2022. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Oda Cutby. From Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And hi, everybody. Welcome to today. It is so good to have you with us on a Monday morning. Well, here we go, Hoda. We've, uh, we're trading places. I'm working from home. You're back in the studio. You have a negative test for COVID. I just tested positive for COVID, so here we go. Well, I feel like we're like a ton of the country. I mean, this is so weird. Yes. I'm having a flashback to 2020. <laughs> uh, I got two negative tests while I'm back in my seat, and I know that your uh, negative test will come quickly, but well, here's to happy healing. Thanks, absolutely. Little sniffles, not mm -hmm. much more than that. We've got a lot to get to. It's a busy Monday, and we're remembering this morning the life and legacy of Bob Saget. The news came late last night. The 65-year-old actor, TV host, and comedian passed away in a hotel room in Orlando, where just hours earlier he had performed stand-up. Saget is best known for his role as Danny Tanner on the sitcom Full House. Overnight flowers were placed at the house featured in that show's opening as other tributes poured in from all around the world. 
That's right. Some of them from his Full House co-stars, TV daughter Candace Cameron Bure, tweeting just a short time ago, I don't want to say goodbye. NBC News Now anchor Joe Fryer joins us with more. It's really stunning, Joe. Good morning to you. Hey, yeah, Samantha, good morning. It was early Sunday. Saga tweeted about how happy he felt following a stand-up comedy performance. And just hours later, authorities found the 65-year-old dead in an Orlando hotel room. This morning, fans are remembering the comedian who made an impact on some of television's funniest shows. For decades, Bob Saget was one of TV's most familiar faces, known as America's Dad. Here goes nothing. Making a name for himself on shows in the 80s and 90s. Yes, I see how impressed you are. I did two shows a day, one in class and one in detention. The actor and comedian was most famous for his role as Danny Tanner on the hit sitcom Full House. Okay, I have everyone sandwiched just the way they want them. There's a horse in my living room. Playing so the widowed sorry. father of three young girls for eight seasons. You girls are the greatest. His neat freak character was often uptight. Just a little soot. <laughs> Just a little soot? <laughs> did you hear that, Michelle? I'm afraid I did. But could always so make audiences laugh. Let's talk strategy. Hey, man. Let's forget about strategy. Um, this next video comes. During that time, he also hosted America's Funniest Home Videos. Oh, look at all these wonderful moments. Oh, is this fun. Saget had just kicked off a new comedy tour performing in Florida this weekend. On Sunday, Orlando authorities say they found Saget unresponsive in his hotel room where he was pronounced dead. Security officer found a guest not breathing, no pulse. Just hours earlier, Saget had posted on Instagram writing, I'm back in comedy like I was when I was 26. I guess I'm finding my new voice and loving every moment of it. Police say they found no signs of foul play or drug use. For years, Saget lent his signature sense of humor to a variety of shows, including Raising Dad and Surviving Suburbia. He also narrated the hit show, How I Met Your Mother. Recently, he reprised his full house role in the Netflix sequel series, Fuller House. If you take one nibble of that turkey and I'm gonna bite your hand off. While his on-screen characters were mostly family friendly. <laughs> what are you laughing at, Puddinghead? <laughs> on stage, his stand-up was sometimes raunchy, talking about that balance on today in 2014. I've always had comedy that was both family comedy, whether it be a role that I played, or my stand-up, I kind of was a little more unleashed. In 2019, he spoke with Al about the secret to his success. Why do you think you've had such longevity uh, in, in this business? Um, I have been a workaholic since I was a little kid. My secret is I just mm -hmm. work really hard. I work as hard as I can. Overnight, an outpouring of emotion. Full House co-star John Stamos wrote, I am broken. I am gutted. I will never, ever have another friend like him. His TV daughter, Candace Cameron Bure, tweeted, I loved him so much. And Mary-Kate and Ashley Olsen, who grew up on Full House, wrote that they were deeply saddened, saying they know he'll be by our side to guide us as gracefully as he always has. You've been real nice. I had a good time. Thank you very much. A man who made so many laugh, being remembered in Hollywood and in homes across America. The medical examiner will ultimately determine the cause of death here. Saget's family also released a statement saying they want everyone to know how much he loved his fans, performing live and bringing people from all walks of life together with laughter. Saget was married to his wife, Kelly. He had three daughters, Savannah, just like his character on Full House. Mm. It's just really so shocking, Joe. Thank you very much.
All right, let's turn now to another major story we're following very closely. An investigation is underway right here in New York into one of the city's worst fires in three decades. At least 19 people were killed, nearly half of them children, and dozens hurt after flames and smoke tore through a high-rise apartment building in the Bronx. NBC national correspondent Gabe Gutierrez is right there at the scene. Hey, Gabe, good morning. Good morning. Authorities believe an electric space heater sparked the fire on the second and third stories here. But authorities say it wasn't the flames themselves that took so many lives, but rather the thick black smoke that quickly spread throughout the building and overwhelmed people on every single floor. This morning, the grief is overpowering after flames shot out of this New York City high rise. Oh my God. I see kids crying for help and at that point, we couldn't do anything. 19 people are dead, including nine children. <laughs> this man and his family barely escaped. I opened the front door to look in the hallways. Oh, the smoke, I cannot even see what I'm going, so I have to close the door back. About 200 firefighters scrambled to treat the injured. Several dozen, most suffering from smoke inhalation, rushed to hospitals. The 19-story apartment building in the Bronx had at least 120 units. And we got smoke from the rear of the building. Some firefighters even ran out of oxygen as they desperately tried to help people trapped inside. I noticed smoke coming inside the door, black smoke, and then I just heard people say, um, screaming, help, help, help. Only, only you see smoke, darkness. Authorities say the five-alarm fire was apparently sparked by a faulty space heater in an apartment that spanned the second and third floors. The door to that apartment, unfortunately, when the residents left, was left open. The smoke spread throughout the building. And that open door, authorities say, was crucial, likely leading to the rising death toll. It's the second major deadly fire in the Northeast within a week. Just days ago, 12 people died in this fire at a Philadelphia row house. It's also the deadliest at a U.S. residential apartment building since 2017, when 13 people died in another blaze in the Bronx. A spokesperson for the property owner says the fire alarm system was working, and authorities say the initial 911 caller heard them. Investigators are now looking into what went so wrong and whether any of this could have been prevented. We're all feeling this, and we're going to be here for this community to help them navigate through this. And because this building was federally constructed in 1972 as affordable housing, the fire commissioner says it may have been built outside of the current New York City fire code. Investigators will be looking into that, Hoda. So sad. All right, Gabe, thank you. Meanwhile, millions of Americans are waking up to some of the coldest weather of the season. Temperatures tumbling across the Midwest and Northeast, with some wind chill values making it feel well below zero. Al standing by with the full forecast, but let's get it started with NBC's Megan Fitzgerald. She's in chilly Chicago. Hi, Megan. Good morning. Hey, Savannah. Yeah, it's uh, certainly a frigid stretch to start off this week. As you mentioned, temperatures here in Chicago in the teens and the Windy City, of course, living up to its name with a feel like factor could dip into the negatives. Now, as these temperatures just continue to plummet, it's a perfect recipe for treacherous travel, as you mentioned, where many roads, overpasses, sidewalks glazed over in ice. 
From the upper Midwest to the Northeast, millions are battling a blast of Arctic air this morning, bringing some of the coldest temperatures in three years. 18 below around the Twin Cities, easily 20 degrees or below colder uh, around the, uh, the St. Cloud area. It's a teens and even single digit sting for Minneapolis, Green Bay, Milwaukee and Chicago. This is terrible. I'm, I can't even feel my fingers. It's numb. Cleveland, Erie, and Syracuse are also getting a deep freeze. In eastern Wisconsin, 27 people had to be rescued when this large sheet of ice suddenly broke off, floating three-quarters of a mile away, leaving the group stranded off the Green Bay shore. Many had been ice fishing at the time. It's a really dangerous event with the cold water, the winds, the temperatures, the changing conditions. The winter blast causing more trouble for air travel. Carriers also dealing with staff shortages forced to cancel thousands of flights over the weekend. Meanwhile, severe storms slamming the south. In southeast Texas, a possible tornado in Humble downed trees, power lines and mangled roofs. It all comes as millions in New England are still digging out from a vicious storm that dropped more than a foot of snow in some areas. It was uh, pretty bad. Uh, I couldn't see the lines in the road. It's a mess, you know. And guys, get this. Temperatures are expected to get even colder here in Chicago to New York, to Milwaukee, all the way in Detroit. And to give you some perspective here, temperatures are so cold in Minneapolis that the school district decided to cancel in-person learning. Students will now learn remotely. Savannah. All right, Megan, stay warm. Thank you. All right, 712. Let's just find out how cold it's going to get. Mr. Rucker, what do you have? Some Come of on. The, some of the coldest air in three years, folks. We're talking 15 million people. Wind chill advisories, wind chill warnings from Minot all the way to Presque Island up into Maine. We're going to be watching this very closely. Wind chills right now. It feels like 23 in New York, 4 in Detroit, 5 in Chicago, minus 24 in Minneapolis. This afternoon, it's going to feel like, uh, look at this, 13 below in Green Bay, 5 in Detroit, 25 in D.C., New York City, our wind chill at 18 degrees. And tomorrow morning, oh my gosh, the furnaces are going to be working overtime. Wind chill, minus 1, New York City. Air temperature of 15, an air temperature of 14 in Pittsburgh, 3 of a wind chill. Minneapolis, it's going to feel like 4 degrees. The good news is this is fairly short-lived. We have, again, brutal wind chills Tuesday afternoon with high temperatures in New York, only 19, 12 in Boston, 19 in Buffalo. But then you can see temperatures start to moderate as we get toward the end of the week. Now, we've also got winter alerts, winter weather advisory, storm watches, warnings, and lake effect warnings for 5 million people. Look at this snow band coming across Lake Ontario. This thing stretches 250 miles all the way into Massachusetts. Snowfall rates of up to three inches per hour. And at the Tug Hill Plateau between Syracuse and Watertown, we could be looking at two feet of snow. Savannah? All right, Al, thank you. And also this morning, the narrative around COVID is starting to change. As the rise in cases fuel staffing shortages at high schools, some are having to relax protocols just to stay open. NBC's Sam Brock joins us from a testing site in Miami with more on this. Sam, good morning. Savannah, good morning. The consistent lines that we've seen for testing and the eye-popping daily numbers are now translating to a new reality, which is that hospitals are looking at a major surge and they do not have the staffing levels to handle it. One in four right now nationwide are at critical shortages as now relaxed rules from schools to hospitals are being deployed to boost depleted workforces. 
After two years of caring for COVID-stricken patients, nurses and doctors fighting on the front lines increasingly need help themselves. I'm here to tell you we're tired, we're exhausted, and we're literally on the edge. Hospitalizations have now jumped nearly 80% in two weeks, with the seven-day average for cases sitting just under 700,000. At Miami's Baptist Health, about 500 healthcare workers are out with COVID, forcing them to close some urgent care centers just to shuffle staff. We have plenty of equipment. We have plenty of uh, medications. It is a staff the staffing shortage apparently so bad in California, the state has resorted to changing guidelines for healthcare personnel, who if they test positive and are asymptomatic may return to work immediately without isolation and without testing. That decision sending shockwaves through the nursing ranks. It's putting our patients and ourselves in grave danger. But it's also the impact on schools and transit services fundamentally altering everyday life. Philadelphia late Sunday announcing it will begin the week with 88 schools online because of Omicron outbreaks. Unfortunately, there are going to be situations where we don't have the staff at a school to open up safely for in-person learning. The state of Georgia just loosened its COVID protocols for teachers, declaring they don't have to quarantine after COVID exposure, even if they're unvaccinated or test positive for the virus, as long as they wear a mask and don't develop symptoms. The fluid guidelines coming as incidental infections are sharply on the rise. In New York City and Miami, for example, about half of patients are coming to the hospital for something else and then testing positive for COVID. Whether they have symptoms or not, it's all the precautions that we need to continue to take place so that we don't spread COVID throughout our own hospital. As for why we're seeing so many more incidental infections, some doctors believe the virus is spreading right now at the hospital because people are coming in not knowing that they have COVID at an earlier stage or life cycle of the virus. And at that point, they are more contagious. Savannah, back to you. Sam Brock in Miami. Thank you, Sam. It is 717. Craig's here. He's got another big story we're following overseas. Hey, Hoda, Savannah. Mm -hmm. Good morning to both of you. Good morning to you as well. We're talking about a new round of high-stakes talks between the United States and Russia. Those talks are now underway. Officials from both countries are meeting in Geneva this week amid rising tension over the buildup of Russian troops on the Ukraine border. NBC's chief foreign correspondent Richard Engel is in Ukraine for us. Richard, good morning. Good morning, Craig. We are trying something a little different today, so hopefully our signal will hold. Uh, we're going live from inside a Ukrainian trench not far from the Russian border. And Ukrainian troops here are preparing for the worst in case those negotiations between the U.S. and Russia either break down or they worry that Russia might not be negotiating in good faith and is just going through the motions, pretending to give peace a chance while it still wants to invade this country, they fear, anyway. Ukrainians are welcoming 2022 by preparing for a possible Russian invasion, digging new trenches by hand in the frozen earth. Lined by minefields, the trenches already stretch for miles across eastern Ukraine, crude defenses that have changed little since World War I. Maxim, a Ukrainian soldier, says he'll fight to the end. But of the talks, he adds, my opinion is wars have always been resolved through diplomacy. We expect that our leaders will solve these issues. Maria, a forward scout, didn't see her four-year-old son for Christmas and may not for many months to come. 
Hopefully on the other side, they love their families just like we do and don't want to see bloodshed and death, she says. Russia has also moved in missile launchers and this huge clearing vehicle that can cut a path through forests for columns of tanks. On Sunday, Secretary of State Blinken said he doesn't expect any breakthroughs ahead of key talks between the U.S. and Russia. If Russia commits renewed aggression against uh, Ukraine, uh, I think it's a very fair prospect that NATO will reinforce its positions along its, its eastern flank. To de-escalate and convince Russia to pull back, the United States is willing to make concessions. U.S. officials say they're willing to discuss scaling back military exercises near Russia if Russia reciprocates with its military drills. Not deploying offensive missiles in Ukraine and broader missile control agreements across Europe. Russia wants more. Russia wants guarantees that Ukraine will never become a member of NATO. NATO says that that is an unreasonable demand, that it is NATO which decides who gets to be a member and who doesn't. Craig. Our chief foreign correspondent Richard Engelforce there in Ukraine. Richard, thank you. All right. It is uh, 720. Mr. Roker's back with a check of the rest of the forecast. Hey, Al. Hey, guys. Good morning. We're looking at more rain in the Pacific Northwest. We'll look at that in more detail coming up in the next half hour. That bitter cold, a big problem. Showers and storms down through Florida. And that's your latest weather. Savannah. All right, Al, thank you very much. And coming up, a new twist in the fight by tennis star Novak Djokovic to compete in the Australian Open without being vaccinated. We're live in Melbourne with the judge just decided overnight. Plus, Vicky Wynn's taking a look at new safety concerns being raised over those Apple AirTags. They're meant to help you keep track of items like keys that you lose a lot. Well, this morning, how criminals are using them as a model shares her harrowing story with us exclusively. But first, this is Today on NBC. In life, we're often driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to find candidates isn't to search. It's to match with Indeed. Indeed's a matching and hiring platform used by over 300 million global monthly users, according to Indeed data. Need quality candidates fast? Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging. And you'll connect with candidates in no time. And it's not just faster. 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And here's the best part. Listeners of this show get a $75 sponsored job credit, giving your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash today. Just go to Indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash today. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code WELCOME to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code WELCOME at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code WELCOME. Seven thirty. It's a Monday morning, January 10th, 2022. Soak it in. Soak it in. It's the final week to enjoy the glow of that fantastic tree. Coming down this weekend, I think the 17th. Uh, but it's a beauty. It's yeah. a beauty. We'll miss her. She had a good run. I know. 
She did. And we f can all feel better if we haven't taken our Christmas trees down. <laughs> exactly. Even the Rockefeller Center Christmas tree is still up. Guys, let's get to your headlines. 7.30 Monday morning. And we're going to begin with some dramatic video out of Los Angeles. It all started yesterday when a small plane crashed onto some railroad tracks. Body cam video shows L.A. police officers pulling the pilot from that downed plane and dragging him away from the tracks just seconds before a speeding train crashes through that wreckage. The pilot was taken to the hospital where he was treated for cuts and bruises, but he's expected to be okay. And incredibly, nobody else was hurt in the incident. If it were not for the heroics of those officers, obviously, guys, it could have been a much different story. Incredible, incredible. All right, two people were hospitalized this weekend after a wild incident at a North Carolina ski resort. Take a look. You can see this fountain of freezing cold water blasting people on the chairlift above. Some skiers were knocked off that list. Lift. Others just decided to jump. Officials say it happened after a skier ran into a water and air hydrant. It caused it to burst. Everybody involved is expected to be okay. All right, guys. Uh, meantime, there is some breaking news overnight tied to another big talker from the world of sports that we have been following closely. Absolutely. After last week's drama at the airport, an Australian judge has now allowed Novak Djokovic to enter the country. But will the top men's player in the world be allowed to stay and eventually compete in the Australian Open? NBC Sarah James is in Melbourne with the very latest. Hi, Sarah. Good morning. Good morning, Hoda. Well, it's not a done deal yet, but the judge's decision today clears the way for world number one Novak Djokovic to take center court right behind me in just a couple of days. But first, the unvaccinated tennis player had to win in a different kind of court. Dramatic scenes in Melbourne after a court ruling with clashes between some fans of Novak Djokovic and police as a city reacts to news that the world number one tennis player can stay and play in Australia. The ruling by a federal circuit court clears the way for the nine-time Australian Open champ to take center court at the Grand Slam tournament, which gets underway Sunday. The judge ruled the government must release Djokovic from detention at this hotel. But it's not yet game, set, match for the unvaccinated tennis star. The Australian immigration minister could still decide to deport Djokovic despite the court's ruling. There's been no word on any decision yet. The saga began Wednesday when Djokovic landed in Melbourne and faced a grilling from border officials. Australia's strict immigration laws require visitors to be vaccinated unless they have a medical exemption. The tennis star's lawyers say Djokovic, who had a recent bout of COVID-19 from which he's recovered, ticked absolutely every box and noted that two independent panels approved his request. But there are also questions as to why Djokovic appeared unmasked at a tennis event in Belgrade on December 17th, the day after his lawyers say he tested positive. It's not clear if Djokovic knew his diagnosis. His representatives did not respond to our request for comment. Australia's deputy prime minister was unconvinced that Djokovic had fulfilled all his requirements. The Minister for Health was absolutely black and white clear to Mr Djokovic about what his responsibilities and the expectations were. The judge struck a more sympathetic note. The point I'm somewhat agitated about is what more could this man have done and ruled in favor of Djokovic. 
the world number one can now turn his attention to his quest to be the first man in the world to win 21 Grand Slams. So all eyes now on immigration, and this saga is far from over. Back to all of you. Oh, we will have our eye on it along with you, Sarah. Sarah James for us there in Australia. Thanks, Sarah. Oh. All right, guys. Well, still ahead, Vicki Wynn's going to share a new warning about Apple AirTags. You'll want to see this. She's got a first-hand look at how those little devices can actually be used to track your location, your car, and more. Plus, a model who had this happen to her will share her story for the very first time right after this. Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. At Consumer Cellular, you get the same exact coverage as the largest carriers, but for up to half the cost. Same thing, up to half the cost. Up to half the cost for the same thing. 50% the money for 100% the same thing. I hope I'm making myself clear. Consumer Cellular. When freedom calls, we're here to answer. Call us at 1-888-FREEDOM. Half the cost savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular single-line 5-gigabyte data plan with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single-line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plan offered by T-Mobile and Verizon in May 2023. We are back coming up on 741 Now with In-Depth today and this morning. A new warning about a popular tracking device from Apple. Yeah, these things are called AirTags. They're meant to help you find things like keys or your wallet, things that you can lose easily. But now police are warning people to be careful after reports of AirTags being used to commit crimes. NBC's senior consumer investigative correspondent Vicki Wynn joins us with that story. Hi, Vicki. Good morning. Hi, good morning to all of you. Here it is. This is what it looks like, the Apple AirTag. It's relatively small and quite lightweight, which makes it very easy to attach pretty much to anything without being detected. It also costs just about $30, so it's a cheap and simple way for bad guys to follow things like your car or even to track you. This morning, we spoke to, NB uh, to a Sports Illustrated swimsuit model, Brooks Nader, speaking exclusively to NBC News to tell us that someone used one of these to follow her. I was at the bar alone. Model Brooks Nader was at a crowded bar in Manhattan when she says someone dropped an Apple AirTag into her coat pocket. The device, roughly the size of a quarter, links to a cell phone through the Find My app designed to help you track your things, but now it's being linked to concerns about safety and privacy. When I was almost home, I got this notification on my home screen pop-up saying that I was being tracked and I had been for a while now, um, which is basically when I knew something wasn't right. Nader estimates the AirTag was in her pocket for five hours. The device's owner able to track her every move before she got that alert. I also didn't know what an AirTag was or anything like that, so I was definitely worried and concerned. And Nader isn't alone. Okay, so I think I'm being tracked. In. On social media, others reporting finding random air tags. I was being informed that there has been an air tag that has been following me. Tucked in, tucked in right here. 
Law enforcement agencies across the country are also warning these air tags can be used to track cars, allowing criminals to steal the vehicles once they're parked overnight. It's literally been like tracking her car. To show you how these air tags work, I'm teaming up with investigative producer Joe Enoch. Joe, what do you got? Vicky, I got my air tag. Okay. I'm going to put it in your purse. All right. We'll see what happens. Bye. Bye. I hit the streets of New York City with Joe watching me from his desk. First stop, got to warm up, get something to drink. Must be time for a coffee break. Able to see the exact stores I go in. Vicky is definitely doing some shopping at Sephora. Will it work in the subway? All right. Here we go. Underground. Anywhere there's a cell signal, Joe can see the air tag in my bag moving with me. Vicky is really moving now. My guess, she's on the subway. Taxi ride. One last stop. Finally, time to head to lunch. Joe's not far behind, using his phone to track my location. It looks like it's just right up here on the right. The device leading him right to me. Whoa! <laughs> hey! You found, oh my gosh! Right there. There. Wow, yep. you pinpointed me right to my table. Exactly. <laughs> All with this little guy here. It was easy. If you had slipped this in without telling me, I would have had no clue that you were following my every move. Scary. Yeah, that is pr pretty scary. I didn't receive a warning notification until I got home. It is now four hours after Joe put the tag in my purse, and I just got the alert that there was an air tag somewhere near me. Apple says those alerts make it harder for air tags to go undetected. The company also updated the AirTags to sound this alarm if they're away from their owners for 8 to 24 hours. In a statement, Apple says, we take customer safety very seriously and are committed to AirTags privacy and security. AirTag is designed with a set of proactive features to discourage unwanted tracking, a first in the industry, that both inform users if an unknown AirTag might be with them and deter bad actors from using an AirTag for nefarious purposes. Now, if you do find one of these devices or you get that alert on your phone, law enforcement experts say don't go home. That could reveal where you live to the bad guys. Instead, go to your local police department or a public space and call police from there. Ask them to come out and to investigate. Apple has said that it will cooperate with law enforcement on these cases. Each one of these AirTags does have a serial number that can help track who owns it. So uh, the other th question that we get is, what if you have an Android phone? Well, Apple did release an app for Android phones that will allow people to scan for AirTags. The caveat is it doesn't run automatically. You have to open the app and scan if you are suspicious that you're being tracked. Guys, back to you. Yeah. Oh, I mean, you opened our eyes to it, Vicky. Yeah, Thank you very much. Thank you, Vicky. That sure is. Yeah. All right, uh, let's go. 745, Mr. Roker, you got a check of our weather? That's right. We're tracking weather, and that's not a problem, hopefully, for anybody. Uh, we are looking at what's going on out west. Another atmospheric river setting up to bring in heavy rain and snow into the Pacific Northwest. Before it's all over, we are talking about another three to five inches of rain, so flooding and debris flows possible. We're going to be watching that closely. As we look for the week ahead for today, rain and snow out in the west, sunshine and cool conditions down through Texas, a frigid blast through the Great Lakes into the northeast. Things quiet down by the midweek pattern. We are looking, though, as we get toward the end of the week, snow developing out around the Great Lakes, snow showers through the Rockies and the northeast, and the 6 to 10-day outlook, warmer than average for the western half of the country, cooler than average into the northeast, and as far as precipitation is concerned, looking wet from the mid-Atlantic. 
Atlantic, Gulf Coast, all the way up into the Rockies, but drier than average out west. And that's your latest weather. Guys, all right. so. Mr. Roker, thank you. We'll be right back after this. Still ahead this morning, the Golden Globes. Yeah, they were last night, but without stars or even a show for that matter. Carson's got the winners that could shape Oscar races. Coming up, your 8 o'clock hour. You can live out your MasterChef dream when you find a professional on Angie to tackle your dream kitchen remodel. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Visit Angie.com. You can do this when you Angie that. 